Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. Oh, I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. I'm feeling rugum. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say I'm feeling remarkably fresh, but then I just stumbled on the third word that came out of my mouth. So clearly not. But I'm fast approaching a month into being a daddy. So oh, that sounds a bit weird when I say that. A month into being a dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I assumed, based on the first few weeks, that I'd still be ruined by this point. But but I'm starting, Tony, to feel a bit more normal. Well, that's good, mate. I'm really pleased. Um, but some people, it just it depends on circumstances. Yes. Because I mean, some people would still be ruined now. One million percent. And we we did a lot of classes pre the birth of our daughter. And we did those classes in groups. And there are now WhatsApp chats for those groups. Oh, my God. Kind really? Of, kind of the bane of my life, if I'm honest. <laughs> do, but Do but you mute them or? I hate them all. <laughs> the, as in the, the chats, not yeah. the people. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, but but it is actually quite reassuring because, for example, in the dad's chat, um, one of the lads put in the other day being like, does anyone else's baby just change its routine every two days? Like we had two perfect nights, then two, and I'm like, yes, thank you. So <laughs> you get involved? Reassuring. I don't. No. <laughs> I'm definitely the quietest, most, I think they probably all think I'm a prick. So you wait till you, to they get to school. There's now, so... My daughter goes to school. Obviously, she's six. So there's you'd a, left school by then, hadn't you? Yeah, I'd, I'd gone to work. I had a job. Yeah, <laughs> I was the richest ten-year-old on the estate. Um, there's WhatsApp groups for the mums, and there's WhatsApp yeah. groups for the dads. And uh, Molly's mum said to me, "Do you want to go in the men's WhatsApp group?" And I said, "Do not, <laughs> do not give <laughs> their number. I I have zero interest. Mm-hmm. If someone adds me in a group." I instantly leave. I just come out. I'm not yep. interested. Not your thing. I, I think no we're interested in it. Surely, and comment below if you're watching on YouTube, surely we all hate WhatsApp groups. No one likes a WhatsApp group. There are too many of them. It's annoying. When do you leave? The, every single group, there's <laughs> always... When do you leave? <laughs> there's away. always <laughs> like three or four people who just love chatting in the group. Yeah. In our group, it's Paul Wallace. Yeah. Paul Wallace will happily talk Chat on his own. to himself <laughs> in our group. So we'll be doing stuff and it's going ping, ping, and you know it's pulled up yeah neither us reply for like six hours and there's always those people in chat so i think we all hate chats but um (laughs) anyway look this is this is not going to become a baby podcast um oh maybe maybe some of you missed last week's episode and you're like why are they talking about babies yes i i didn't have a baby my wife vicky had a baby we had a baby uh and it is dominating my life quite a bit at the moment uh and so and it will forever and it will forever i'll be your lot so you know maybe some baby kid chat will work its way into this podcast every now and again and and actually it could be relevant because well i'll reveal some insights into our podcast right now uh our our audience skews to a 35 to 40 year old kind of male most of them are dads therefore i think a lot of you could be dads and so maybe some dad car chat could be relevant and we're going to talk about a little bit today because 
Well, I kind of want to talk about my first thought. Oh, maybe that's a bit harsh. Vicky doesn't listen to this, but she might. <laughs> well, uh, she should. My third or fourth thought, thought when my baby appeared into this world is, oh, what four-seat sports car can I get now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll come back to that because exciting news from your end this week, Tony. You sold the Roma. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was exciting, but yeah, I mean, I, I've sold it's the car. Relieving. Yeah, I mean, I didn't use it. Um, mm. I, I did it for five months or something, and i done... 600 miles on it. I, did, I just didn't use it. I think you really enjoyed it for two weeks and then benched it. No, mate, it, it, it is a really, really good car. But for me, I didn't buy it to go abroad in. I never bought it as, a, as, a, as the European car that I like to have. I bought it to use here. It was supposed to be your winter beater. It Co- was supposed to be a cool car you could cruise around in, but you never cruised around in it. The correct. Because I've got plenty of cars at work. And I, I use the van every day, so it's like what? What? I've got a great big dog that can't go in the back. So I, I just like and the odd day that I thought, ah, oh, go in the Roma today. I still didn't take it. Yeah. I, I used to go. I just it's just pain in the ass. Got to uncharge it and uncover it and Unchar- get it because oh, the trickle charge. Because the trickle charger, yeah. Ferrari. So I've let someone else buy it. Nice gentleman um, lives in London. So um, just like me. Yep, <laughs> and uh, he'll enjoy it more than me, you know. So lovely. C- could I put words into your mouth and feel free to spit them back out? But it's a bit like with me and the RS6. Did you? Because I know you basically woke up one day and you went, "I kind of miss having a nice car to drive around in." On you know, my day. I want a nicer day. I'm a bit fed up with the van and the Range Rover, and I would like a nice car to drive around in the UK. Not a trip car, but a nice car to fart around in. And then you actually got it, and you went. I don't need this. What do I need it for? Because that was me in the RS6. I went, I want my daily. It, that's the car I spend my most time in. Let's get something really cool and special. So I'm always in something cool and special. Then I got it. I went, I don't need something special. Yeah. That's my daily. I just want to be something comfortable and practical and usable. Yeah. And, I'd, and I'd, I don't regret having it because why, why would you ever regret owning a Ferrari? But actually, I have lost some money on it as well. Oh, no. Why, you oh, know, no. why did I... At the time, it was the right thing to do because the pista had gone. And I thought, well, I just have another Ferrari. The 296 is coming. And I thought, oh, well, I'll have that until the 296 comes. And in a perfect world, in hindsight, that's all lovely and sounds all rosy. But, like, I really just... I don't know why I bought it. I'm, I'm not... I don't regret it, regret it, obviously, because it's another car I've ticked off. Yeah, there you go. But You've had I the experience. Have, I've had the experience. I've done some money on it, which I do regret because it does infuriate me <laughs> when I do money on cars because of my job. It happens, it, though, it, mate. It happens. It happens. Yeah, Especially it when you buy something new and fancy like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it is what it is, isn't it? Well, speaking of 296s, um, I had a funny WhatsApp chat with uh, Andrew, Andrew from Alexander's this week. Oh. Yeah, so. Well, he's not got one coming because he he's a Lambo man, so he's got no taste. Well, that's aggressive. <laughs> and wrong. He knows I'm joking. And wrong, because... Here we go. He sent me this photo. Yeah, saying, it's Tell good Tony, I've beaten him to it, and it is a very lovely red 296. Resale red, Rosso Resale Corsa. Resale red with tan interior. Well yeah, done, Yeah, that'll be on the website soon. So I immediately said, how are you finding it? Because Andrew and I, we, we sort of have the similar... Uh, what's called um analysis of cars but we sh- we don't share the same uh opinions no what what am i trying to say here we don't have no idea we don't agree on cars necessarily like he likes a little a lot of lambos but we come to the same analysis of them right he loves the sto for example like right. obsessed with the sto right so i said amazing how are you finding it when mm, not sure if it's the weather or my love for the sto technically the 296 is brilliant and so quick, but I am left feeling a bit cold. And I hate that bleep bleep infotainment system, <laughs> which I've touched upon before. The new multiple touch screens, touch steering wheel. It's a disaster. Ooh, it's a disaster waiting to happen. Sorry, that's my uh, car- carbonated caffeine drink coming up the wrong way there. But but yeah, so he's not obsessed with it yet. But like you, he's someone who loves and has spent a lot of time in a stripped out variant, the STO. 
And that that's my assumption of you and the two ninety six. I think I think yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna find it a bit podgy. But let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Yeah, but he's not bowled over yet. Fair. Yeah, I mean it's hard for me to comment because like I said, I've only driven one for about fifteen yeah. minutes, so I wasn't blown away with it then. But I'm gonna go. I'm, obviously, yeah. I've got my one coming. I'm gonna go do a trip in it, so I'll know more. I adored it. So let's wait and see. Um. Anyway, coming back to something I mentioned at the start: four seat sports cars. Because hey, look, the Roma qualifies. The Roma qualifies. Ah, and actually, by the way, you can actually get people in the back of a Roma. Yes. Really? Yeah. Especially small people <laughs> like what i mean is is you wouldn't really want to go with it's not the politically correct term <laughs> well yeah big i think and it small. actually is yeah if if you um if you're your height or you know six foot tall and four people have got to go in it they can for 10 minutes to go to the pub i don't condone Drink driving. Correct. But the other three people can drink and you can drive. Correct. Yes. But for 10 minutes, it's fine. But actually, if you're a small person, five foot or a, ch- or a child, then, and we done the test the other day because the gentleman that's bought it has a daughter similar age to me. And they sat in the back and they sat in all four seats because he's going to use it more, much more than what I did, which is nice to hear. It's fine. Absolutely fine. Actually, great consumer insight there. Because I, uh, yeah. I had assumed the Roma rear seats were a bench. You know, like I was no. like, that's not even a thing. But that's pretty exciting to hear because Portofino M, a Ferrari that no one else loves except me, a car that I <laughs> really adore. Uh, myself, Shmi, God, who else was with us? Oh, that's uh, passing. I've had a mic. But three of us went to dinner in, I don't even know where we were. Italy. Must have been in Italy in a Portofino M and was, you know, fine. Like, you know, three grown adults. So I was going to kind of lean towards that. But yeah, as I say, the, the minute Baby Girl appeared in the world, I just thought at some point I'm going to have to change up my lineup because, okay, Vicky's got the X3. It's the fam- That's the family wagon. That's fine. And we still use that. That's no great. Problem. ISOFX, happy days. But I have three two-seater sports cars. <laughs> and if I wanted to go to Goodwood Breakfast Me or for a drive, or a cruise, or on a road trip. I don't want to take the X3, and also the X3 is not getting into that event. I, I realistically need, at some point, and I'm in no rush, and I've got a garage update video coming to the main channel in a few weeks, where I'll talk about this in a bit more detail, but I probably will need a four-seat sports car, let's be honest. But, I mean, I do get that, by the way, but you'll find now, and especially as baby starts to get a bit older, you you won't, Go and do them things. Why not? As a free. Why not? You won't all the time, mate, because m- m- maybe your wife won't want to. So I'll just stay with the baby. I- I'll just I'll just go out with the baby on my own, and you just go. No. Oh, right, fair enough. I'll I'll go to the I'll go. Well, to I, the but I wouldn't go then because that's not how. We, like we've all like historically, Vicky's come to a lot of that stuff. With, like fair. has always enjoyed coming to that stuff, and 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 I say road trips, and so I would like to be in a situation where that is an opportunity for that's a possibility whereas now i, I literally can't like if, if there was good we have to convoy <laughs> Do you know I mean? we'd have to convoy so in the next uh, 18 months or so i think i would like or expect to change one of my three two-seater sports cars for, for a four-door sport, fair, four-seater but, sports car. but, but work is work and home is home like you just said you wouldn't just bowl up to the breakfast meet unless it was work related what I, but I there's know. plenty of times where Vicky comes with me to work, is what I'm saying. And like, and road trips as well. Like, for example, it, there are times where Vicky has come with me on uh, trips and adventures where I can be filming and vlogging around the side. She can either be hanging out in a city or a restaurant or a hotel where I go for filming. So I just want the opportunity to be able to go places as a three, um, you know, a, a, in a sports car. Uh, and I don't, the, the X3, I say, Vicky adores that car. I don't want to change that. I'm not like, oh, well, you, Sam, go back and get the RS6. That was the perfect car. You got rid of it. I'm just saying I would like one of my sports cars to have four seats so that I have the option, even if, so let's say, for example, at some point this year, we want to go and spend a month in the south of France, book ourselves an Airbnb and hang out there. At the moment, we have to take two cars because realistically, what you know, if I take one of my cars for filming and work, there needs to be something with four seats. Whereas if I had a Julia GTA, a Project 8 Jaguar, a an FF, 
then you could just take the one car and you could exist. A Julia a and a Project Date going down to South France with a three-month-old baby in it, for instance. I mean... Not I mean, ideal. That's why hell! I'm, that's why I'm like, saying 12 You'd rather 18, go on your own. That's why I'm saying 12 to 18 months down the line. I'm realistic that right now, baby's not coming in a supercar. No! Like, I'm very aware of that. But <laughs> in 12 to 18 months' time, when she's a bit more sturdy and things are a bit more grown up and we're a bit more clued up, that's why I'm saying I want that opportunity. And there are juicy things out there. I've just mentioned three of them. Um, Bentley Continental is always going to be up there. I As a GT car, yeah, but... Can't be. Well, wait a minute, mate. Go on. Because, yeah, you can, you can... And it's absolutely perfect for this to have a nice bowl down to Monaco. But when you say, Diane, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go up in the hills, I'm going to go in the Bentley, yeah. you'd be fuming. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. There's always going to have to be out. some compromise. There is always going to have to be some compromise. Because if you want something truly dynamic... You're gonna you're gonna have to compromise on space, as in the rear seat space. If you want something truly practical, you're gonna have to compromise on performance. The, well, I mean, the, the the perfect car is is the one you got coming, but it's just the wrong model. Well, you say this. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Did you see Sam Moore's went down to RPM Technic? I think no. who are doing GT3 rear seat conversions. Oh. So this is something which I think a lot of modern 911 GT3 owners have been considering or, or asking. Surely you can bolt risk. Surely the components are the same. And fundamentally, yes, they are. And you can retrofit rear seats into a 991 or a 992 GT3. You don't get ISOFIX, but obviously a lot of modern car seats you can still strap in with a seatbelt. Let's face it, ISOFIX hasn't always been around. So there are ways to relatively safely... I think the advice is always have eyes fixed when you can, but relatively safely strap in a car seat for shorter journeys. But you're not also, doing a short journey. You're going to drive to Monaco. Well, dep- <laughs> t- t- take my example out of it. But anyway, so that. And then also you can get insurance approval because the biggest other problem people had is the GT3 is uh, homologated as a two-seat sports car. Yeah. Um, also, you've got to think about airbags and things like that. If you have the carbon bucket seats, it can be unsafe too. Anyway, there are various things to look at, but they... RPM are able to do it and it's all certified and you are able to get insurance approval. The absolute last thing I would be doing is buying a GT3, putting rear seats in from an aftermarket tuner and then putting my baby in it. Absolutely no chance. If Porsche were making it, no problem. And this is no disrespect to RPM or any other tuner that thinks they can make a car better than a manufacturer no problem if that's what you think then no problem but there is no way in god's earth i'm putting my absolute pride and joy in the back with some bloke called bob (laughs) in a shed that goes yeah be all right mate don't worry about it no chance so i agree with you and i'll come on to (laughs) but 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 what i will give them credit for it's not bob in a shed these are all porsche parts because all of the bolts and everything, it all exists. It's all just hidden underneath. Right. So these are Porsche seats out of a 992 Carrera S taken and all the components are Porsche and it's all Porsche approved. Mm. So, so, but I agree. Like, oh, I, I feel I, miles better now. <laughs> I, though, would consider Turbo S. Yep. Turbo S is always a great shout for a four-seat sports car, but but tight in the back seat. Best all-round sports car you can buy, in my opinion. Yeah, potentially, but also could be a little bit dull at times. But there is there are some juicy four-seat sports cars out there. And let's assume in 18 months' time, that's what I'm considering. Okay, the F-Type will be worth 30 grand at that point, so I'll be looking at Julia. Uh, standard one, not even a quadrifolio. Julia, fr- Julia for lots 360 of 360 will be worth 15 grand by then. So good. But the GT3 might still be worth about 75, depending on how much mileage I put on it. So so there could, there could be something... There could, I, the world could be my oyster. Yeah, so you let's swap see. all three and you'll get a Nissan. <laughs> oh, well, speaking there of we Nissans, go. did you see... I actually can't believe we're going to say this. Oh, no, I know what you're going to say there is a new and for those of you listening i'm doing the inverted commas thing a new nissan gtr yeah there is i mean when when did it launch 2009 2008 2008 my math isn't good enough but that's 15 years yeah 15 and that's longer than the maserati gran turismo right ah surely not (laughs) the gran turismo did run for 40 years i think (laughs) <laughs> Even the new, new one looks like the old one. Nissan GTR R35. And I say new with in the slightest of tones because 
It's a new grill <laughs> and a recalibrated gearbox and braking system. Brilliant. And some new seats. Oh, really? No, no, no. That I think that's in the Larry one. Oh, yeah, because of the Nismo. There's a, there's yeah. a few new variants. Yeah. Um, some of them are Japan-specific, but but fundamentally, it's not a new car. Like, no. like It's not. And the only thing which I would say is that we have both agreed brakes and gearbox were some of the worst elements on a standard GTR. That's what needed to be updated. Right. Gearbox was poo and brakes were poo. But it weren't in... 2008 or 9 when it come out it but was now, revolutionary but now it needed to be updated Do you yeah. know I mean? those are things that were holding it back that, those are things that really dated it yeah was that with the performance so, so, so if they've addressed them maybe maybe well, I think the biggest more. problem with that car is not the brakes or the gearbox is the weight the weight but okay what is it 1800 about that in it yeah 1750 I mean, 1800 it's too heavy it, but isn't every car that nowadays isn't every car fat and heavy no so many things is are. Your, is your GT3 that heavy? No, but exactly. is a GTR a GT3 rival? The Nismo probably is. I, I, I bet they think of the Nismo as a GT3 they rival. They can think all they like. Yeah. <laughs> Until you get into a corner. <laughs> so yeah, big. I think I'm Brad Pitt, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you certainly aren't. I am Bruce Willis, though. Um, but yeah, I think I think I assume a lot of the community were disappointed with the news. <laughs> really? But then I saw Paul Wallace and his Instagram was like on fire. Like, these oh, are chat GTR, new GTR, amazing. Like, so maybe there is some excitement for it. But if I was sitting around and I'm trying to think of the equivalent because there isn't one, but let's say they were still making the 360 or they were still <laughs> making the 458. And then they went, hi guys, we've done some tweaks to the gearbox and we've given it a new grill. I think I'd be like, oh, poor off. Well, there is one. There is one I you can compare it to. I know it's 911. Oh, no. They've been making it for 40 years and just tweak it every time. But I think the generation... genius what 911 do. The, gen Ultra, the generational changes are bigger. Even just visually. Wouldn't you say? Well, not according to some people, just a squash beetle. <laughs> yeah, that's what most people say. Not this audience, because you're a proper Porsche audience and we love you for <laughs> it. Okay, well, there's one more that I could be harsh about. F-Type. Because the F-Type was that. Crap. It was a facelift front end. Yeah. They didn't do much else. No. But I still love it, so I didn't care. Well, so I am quieter. I'm that GTR customer that got excited about the new one. That that's me. So the GTR is a really good rival for the SVR F type. They're similar weights, okay. similar powers. Okay. Or, I the would, new, or the new R, whatever. Yeah, I don't know what that. I mean, I've five, five. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a very similar car. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But the GTR, you're getting extra seats, probably bigger boot. Crapper, crapper interior, crapper infotainment. I don't know what I'd rather have out of them Really? Two. No, I'd probably have the F-Type. It's yeah, a thank nicer you car, much. yeah. That was going to be hard. Yeah. Well, at that, no, not at that money, but at old money, something which I keep coming across on Auto Trader, and I think we spoke about this a bit last year, and I kind of want us to follow through on it. Oh. Have you seen McLaren 12Cs and now trading circa 70K retail? Well, it wouldn't surprise me, mate. It's 10-year-old, that car. But, mate, what? If you can kick someone in the balls for 65k for one of those, what a car. For a 12C, 65, even 70 grand, you're doing well. My gosh. That car, if it works, is still going to compete with so many supercars on the road. Like, you know, on a generic road, especially in the UK, you're going to keep up with the newest and greatest stuff. If, but if so would an R8 V10 Plus. Of course. but Same thing. But the 12C, I think it's growing into its looks better. McLaren badge is a bit more special and a bit more on than an R8. I, I don't know. I just am looking at that going, are we going to sit here in two years' time and they, like an SLS, become 150 grand? And we're going... No. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Do you not think? No. There's no way. No. What if McLaren go bust? More likely than that going 150 grand. But you, would that nosedive values or do you think people would start trying to snap them up? Well, okay then. We had a little, we had this conversation slightly on, uh, you didn't really engage because you was up to your neck in poopo, Baby poopo. <laughs> yeah, can we say baby poopo? -poo? Yeah. <laughs> I just had a dodgy chicken burger. <laughs> you did a McDonald's. Yeah. Um, the TVR mm -hmm. are a good example. Mm -hmm. What's happened to them? No one cares. Fair. So 
I'm I'm not I think if they went down the toilet Aston uh, <laughs> Aston Martin <laughs> same thing well, yeah. I mean, basically when you talk Aston Martin and McLaren it's basically the same it's all rolled into one yeah. um, I think it would make probably not a lot of difference to the value I don't think they'll go up and I don't think they go down I think that they'll find their feet where they find their feet but like when you look at look R8 is a really good example. The old V8 R8 are 30 grand. Mm -hmm. The old V8 Vantage is 25 grand. Good value for money. Absolutely. Until you've got to run one. And that's the problem with with the 12C. There's a handful of people in the whole country that will fix it. Mm -hmm. And that includes McLaren. They build it and they still don't know how to fix them. They didn't know how to build them properly when they built them. So... it, it's a problem. The, if if the if the McLaren infrastructure went pop tomorrow, there still would be the independents, and there are a couple of. There are only a couple, though. Yeah, from an independents, there are only a couple. There's probably a couple of good ones that that actually can fix them, and they probably come as old techs from McLaren, and they've started up on their own. Literally, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but they could still fix them. That's what that's what I'm saying. It's a bit like Saab. Saab's another one. Yeah. So, are are Saab still around? As in, do you see the odd Saab? Yeah, you do. Have they? Have they absolutely? Are they worth three hundred quid? Some of the really old ones are, but they've probably levelled at where yeah. where they are because as long as you can still fix them, they've still got a value to the to the owner that owns them, of course. And also, I suppose if you look at it as a Ferrari uh, comparison, okay, the age isn't the same, but three sixties and four thirties, five fifties even 575s, sub 100k Ferraris. Um, And so McLaren with the 12C, 650S, 570S, those are, are 570S is sub 100k? They must be. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, those are sub 100k. So actually it kind of fits in there. Okay, so you've got probably a a 10-year difference. Let's think. What's a, so 430 was 2009? Um, no, before that. Was it... 2006? Was it, was it six, five, five, six? Five yeah. and six, yeah, you're yeah. right. Whereas an early 12C is 2010. So it's five, probably five years age gap and, actually, and similar money. And actually, if you compare the cars, they are night and day in terms of the way that the... The 430 drives and the and the McLaren. And I mean that from a positive sense for the McLaren. For the McLaren, yeah. McLaren sure. would feel like a spaceship compared to a 430. Correct. But, you yeah. know, five years was a long time at that point. You know, the, develop, the what's called uh, rate of development yeah. for supercars was insane, if you it, think about it. Well, that was the jump, wasn't it, from 430 to 458. What are 458s these days? Oh, a good one. A good one with low mileage is probably still 140, What's a bad one with high mileage? Mm. Oh, I bet it's still 110, 120. So probably got a th- 50 grand premium over a 12 yeah, It's a Ferrari, mate. No, no, but I'm just, I, that's what I mean. I mean, because yeah. that's what I'm saying is that a 12C competes with a 458, but this is the price of a 430. Yes, correct. So so if you're in that, if you're looking at that, a 430 is going to be expensive to cost. You know, a cheap high mileage 430, it, as I've proven with the 360, could still cost you five grand a year. The 12C could cost you 10 grand a year but it could also cost you like they, they could be equally expensive but you're getting a far faster more modern more capable car oh, if i if i had a choice between a 430 and a 12c i'd still have the 430 yes yeah, i'd be very tempted by the 12c and i you know and i still struggle with mclaren in general <laughs> but i just i just couldn't not be tempted as i think they're really aging well and it's a freaking it's a mclaren 12c like that yeah. to me that's a Real supercar with the 430 is a modern classic sports car. And if I if I if I had to buy a McLaren for sub 100k, I still would probably have a 570 yes. Yeah, I know you would. If I if I had to, I wouldn't want one. I'd rather shoot myself. But if I had to, had to, had to have one, someone gun to my head, I'd buy a 570. I've emailed McLaren asking for an Artura loan. <laughs> they haven't That's responded. Oh, no, they ain't got a car. Ain't replied yet. No, I think it's more like they just know that every week we bash them on this podcast. No, it's like, not true. They're like, mate. why on earth would we? But my whole argument is exactly that. We are we come at it from a negative stance. So prove us wrong. A bit like they did a couple of years ago. They were amazing to us. Don't remember with that all that seven twenty S stuff. Seven twenty S. Amazing Spider. to you. Yeah, to me seven sixty five LT, and it worked. I was like, God, there's some positivity here. What brilliant cars! This this is great. Maybe this is turning in the right direction. 
then we've had the disaster. But everyone's saying the Arturo is great, so give me the Arturo, give it for a week, let's see what happens. Hopefully, it's all positive, and then we can be nice. And the f- yeah, but we have been nice about the brand in in isolation, mate. You know the the seven six five LT is one of our favourite cars. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. You know, so we brilliant. we have we have been nice about the brand. We haven't always bashed them, but we've yeah. got to bash them on what we see and and what we've experienced. We always bash when there's bashing to be done. Yeah, and we credit, don't hold back. Credit where credit's due. Credit where it's not very often with McLaren. <laughs> Almost other manufacturers. We're always miserable. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on because some very sad news in the world of uh, the, uh, uh, what would I call it? Well, automotive enthusiasts, but also me. Uh, GP Ice Race cancelled. Oh. So this is the event that I attended the sort of, um, what did they call it last year? They had a really clever name for it. The isolated event, pun intended, last year. Um, and I was supposed to be taking the GT3 down to as, as like my first trip with my new GT3. I was going to do like two and a half thousand miles down to Austria in the snow. We've spoken about it before. Winter tires are going to be bolted on. It's going to be an amazing few days with some incredible people, other great Porsches. They were supposed to get in the new 911 Dakars were supposed to be coming along. Like, oh, it was going to be amazing. But as some of you might have seen on social media, there ain't no snow at the minute. Like, you know, uh, I think a lot of ski resorts in Europe and around the Alps and like that, have really struggled because there's been a lack of snow, uncharacteristically lack of snow. Um, Now, people would love to say climate change, and I don't disagree. The climate is changing, Mm. but not for the first time ever. When we did snow tour in 2019, there was very little snow. We only had a, a day or two of snow. So this is not a brand new thing. And obviously... I don't know why I said I was about I was going to say anti work. I, I wasn't setting this up to be like calm down, everyone. Of course, this is different and this is worrying and this is concerning and we should look at this and go. It is odd that there is no snow right now, um, but I would expect we're going to get a lot of snow in February and March. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But well, you know why there's no snow. Go on. I'll tell you why there's no snow, oh, because God. everyone's gone out and bought an electric car. Oh, God. And you know what they do to the environment. That's oh, what's God. happened. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've, they've announced the biggest figures for the year for electric production and all that. They've ruined in the world. It's supposed to be saving the world. They've ruined it. There's no <laughs> snow. In, in, where are you going? Austria. Yeah. You should have got to Finland. There's loads of snow there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is yeah, there is. And in Antarctica, it, it, for some reason, every influence in the world at the minute seems to be heading to Antarctica, including Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Um, well, he's not really an influence. He's seven times world champion. No, he's an influence. He's, he's on social media more than I am. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity, they tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Oh, um, have you yeah. DM'd him yet? Oh, I have. Oh, cuz I got verified on Instagram. <laughs> I got very far on Instagram. It took me six years. You're going to get blocked uh, now. D- DM'd him. Yeah, I'm going to get blocked. Um, but yeah, so I am I am wholeheartedly gutted for the GP Ice Race team because I know them all. They're incredible people, amazingly passionate people who are desperate to put on an unbelievable event, a festival of speed on ice in a unique and different way with loads of history and loads of heritage, great cars, great people. And for them to be hit like this, I think this is the third... Yeah, now they had, they had COVID cancellations. 
the isolated event, which again was a COVID thing, and now no snow. I just feel desperately sorry for them because I say we had a, I, I was looped into some incredible plans that were going to be taking place. Some of the cars that were going to be there, like it's such a shame for them and must be so disheartening. But this is the way of the world at the moment. And we've all got to change and, and, and accept that things are changing and do our best to, well, yeah, understand it, I suppose. And look at things like Tony says at the <laughs> carbon emissions of electric vehicles and decide if that's the right way to go. By the way, <laughs> we are coming on to the whole EV thing because over Christmas in the UK... It's all kicked off. It's all kicked off. Yeah. And I, we have both received so many messages yeah. saying, when are you guys going to talk about this EV crisis? It's coming, but we're going to do a whole episode on it. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking about it for 18 months. I mean... It's, a, it's almost frustrating. We're a bit bored talking about it. We've literally been talking about it. And suddenly now, the rest of the UK started talking about EV things. And we're like, oh, well, I'm not sure we've got the energy to go and do this again. Sort of done this already. Yeah, sort of done this again. But yeah, but you know, so GPI space, let's, I really hope, I'm keeping all my fingers crossed, uh, that next year is going to be the year. It is a great event. Tony, you're coming if it's happening next year, because it, it's a ton of fun. Uh, to have a have a piss up with cars on the ice like that, and well, why don't they cars. just do it somewhere where there's definitely going to be snow? Or, or by the way, because we've noticed this on road trips that actually it does snow in Europe later yeah. nowadays. So especially up in the Alps, we 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 can never really go to where we want to go to in the Alps until June now because the roads are all shut. Whereas I bet a few years ago you could go in April. Do you know what I mean? Maybe potentially, it's just yeah. a bit later. Maybe maybe they need to look at it and do it a bit later. Well, potentially. But but last year I went to Ice Race and it was freezing cold. There's snow everywhere. I went right. down on 9-11 and it was snow everywhere. Perfect conditions. So, you know, the world's changing at the moment. We have to be honest and accept that. The world is definitely changing uh, and we should be aware of that and we should be analysing that and listening to the experts. Um, but I'm just gutted more so that, that for, for GPI's race team, um, it wasn't able wasn't able to happen. Um, I was going to bring up Twitter and just see uh, if any of our lovely live viewers over on Recast have submitted any questions. Um, Baz, here you are. Sam, if you had the chance to go Porsche exclusive manufacturer with the GT3, what would you do differently with your spec? Okay, so we're going to come on to this, I guess, which is, uh, yeah, my GT3 and color reveals and things like that. Um, Porsche exclusive manufacturer is literally when you can kind of go to town it's like um, Atelier for Ferrari. Do they still call it Atelier? Uh, uh, Tailor made. Tailor made and Atelier. You could have you can have either or. And actually, for Porsche, they were a bit late to the party because Ferrari and Lamborghini had been offering it for a while, like okay. quite a long while. And then you have got MSO in McLaren as sure. well. Add Persona for Lamborghini. Lamborghini, yeah. Ferrari really started it quite a long time ago. Um, Porsche. It's only been the last few years where people have really got on the bandwagon oh, i want a pts color i want a but is so exclusive manufacturer like ferrari tailor-made is it literally whatever you want or are there still sort of guidelines and options rather than four different colors of leather there are 40 okay so yes you can have whatever you want in theory but as they pour the champagne down your neck as you're ticking all the boxes, when you get to a colour or something that's maybe not quite suited, the lovely pretty lady that's sitting opposite you will say, as she's getting you drunk, will say, are you sure, sir? And you go, yep, I'm sure. And she'll go, no, no. Are you definitely sure, sir? And she'll keep saying that until you go, well, actually... Let's have this colour. And she'll go, that's much better, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh, you'll look very sexy in yeah, that, sir. That's it, yeah. You go, oh, please then, I'll double down. <laughs> As she un undoes her top button. Uh, and, and hey, for the female car speckers, yeah. I'm sure they reel out Giovanni, who does the same tactic. Yeah. You know, they're clever, these people. Yeah. Uh, so, they, I mean, they're, they're absolute the best at it. Yeah. Reel you over to the factory, wine you and dine you, go in that nice restaurant, stay in the hotel, all paid for it, not got to pay for it. And, and they will you in drunk, sit down, sir, and open your pockets. Uh, well, that's it, right? Because nothing actually has a price. No. It's anything is possible. Yep. And then you get a price afterwards. And I think that's the same with like the Bugatti and Pagani experience. You go to town, they say, well, you know what we could do? 
we could stitch the face of your dog into the headrest. And you go, oh, that would be lovely. Let's do that. Yeah. And at the end, you're looking through the price list and you go, seven and a half grand. What's that for? Oh, that's for your dog, sir. Yeah. So they, they can be very, very clever. But it has led over the years to some pretty amazing, unique specs. I would say it's quite an aggressive thing to do as a buyer because you really are creating a car solely for yourself that monetarily has no value to anyone else. Especially in, and I'd, although they all sort of compete in the same market, especially when you would compare Porsche to Ferrari. Uh, Porsche as a brand is very mainstream. Yeah, they do. They have a GT department, but it's not. It's not like Ferrari. You know, Ferrari are an exclusive amount of cars a year. And actually, when you go to town of, on a Ferrari, most of the time, especially if it's tailor made, you're normally t- t- tailor made is because you've either been selected because you bought enough cars to have a tailor made car, or I can give you a really good example. Um, the man, do you remember my tailor-made piece of spider I had? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Well, um, he was allowed to tailor-make that because he wanted a Pilotti and because he'd not done the race series, he was a really good customer. They wouldn't give him the Pilotti, but what they said is, they said, we'll give you a a, a spider allocation and you can tailor-make it. So that that's how that come sure. about and ended up actually taking more money off him yeah. <laughs> for Very clever. genius Very clever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant so Ferrari's a little bit different because in general not all but a lot of these Ferrari customers and you know some of them personally as well they don't sell their cars mm. they'll they'll spec them and they keep them forever and they pass them down or they do whatever they don't sell them Porsche because it's more mainstream they they will sell them yeah. of course yeah. So you have to be a little bit careful. Yeah, because, and especially paint to sample, which has become so popular yeah. over the last few years and because of social media, everyone's like, oh, yeah, paint to sample, I got paint to sample, blah, 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 blah. And therefore, my paint to sample car is definitely worth more because it's paint because it cost me eight grand to get this paint. So it's definitely worth 10 grand more over. Yeah. But you have to remember when you're going paint to sample, that's a color that you like. That's a color that you, very specific. And it's definitely going to uh, reduce your... Uh, market, right? You know, yeah. if you, you might love a purple car, but a lot of other people are going, I'm never going to have a purple car. I just want a silver or a black one. That's it, why Porsche have their main colour palette. Yeah, I've got some news for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you spec a car and you've ticked all the normal options, the lift system, you know, all the club sport, if you're going by Porsche or Ferrari, you tick all the, you know, the lift and the carbon, all the normal options. When you get to paint and you pick a metallic black or, in Ferrari's case, you spend 20,000 quid on a free layer paint. Or, or Porsche, you spend ten or 12,000 quid. On or in a, Jaguar, you spend all the money on a brown. Whatever. <laughs> that money is gone. Yeah. As a used car, it's worth absolutely no more whatsoever. That's I'm so bit. sorry to tell you that, but you can all think what you want, but it doesn't make any difference. I, I'm just having a mind because I actually think it's more for Porsche for PTS. Is it 10, I was, or, 10 or 12 grand? Isn't it? I think it's 12. I, I think the eight was the Jaguar, was the brown on the Jaguar. I think for PTS in the UK, it's 12. I'm just going to look now. Paint a sample. Oh no, here we go. Seven. Plus fat. Seven plus fat, yeah. Is it? No, it's, well, seven on the configurator. Oh, it's seven grand then. Seven yeah. grand, yeah. No, that's not too bad. Oh, fine, okay. So I was going to have a really, I was going to have uh, Rosso... Froco on the Ferrari, Froco, yeah. on the which is that really lovely. Triple, it's my favourite Ferrari. Me, yeah. me too. Yeah, um, it's nineteen grand option. Ooh. yeah. So oh. it's comp- to to a normal a normal colour. Yeah, it, it, and it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Because so, and all you're hoping for is somebody else likes Rosso Froco, which a lot of people do, but it's not going to be a, pay twenty grand more for it. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. The identical car, they're going to ask get the normal one. I just, I just, I just have a black one or a, red, a normal red one. So, Baz, to answer your question, uh, well, first, yeah, I didn't go Porsche exclusive manufacturer. If I had the opportunity, would I have? Yeah, probably because I'm an idiot and I loved appreciation. Um, <laughs> there amazing. are a few things which you'll see on Sunday that I would have liked the opportunity to change or spec which i couldn't because when i ordered my car porsche still had a supply issue part supply issue so actually some of the spec options were limited 
but also in the UK market, we don't always get as much freedom when it comes to spec. They reduce some of the options that you get for GT3 compared to other markets. Like in America, you can really kind of go to town in lots of elements that you can't always do in the UK. So that will all become clear when I reveal the wider spec. Well, um, if you remember, mate, the previous generation, you couldn't have PTS. Oh, yeah, of course. In the UK, you can have PTS at all, you? could couldn't could you? have PTS, but yeah. But 911 that's a you new thing You could in UK. Europe and America, but you couldn't have it here. You are so, so right. P- PTS has only been literally the last since 992 yeah. generation. And, and on top of that, so it is PTS, paint to sample, but now what they've done, which is even cheekier, so I think the PTS palette is 100 colours, or, or in total it offers you 100 colours maybe. Um, let me just see. I'm going to Ferrari double do check that. that. They all do sec. that though, mate. It's 110 colours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all do that though. It adds to your production lead time. Yeah. But in addition to that, <laughs> there's paint sample plus, or individual paint sample. And that is the true paint sample. That is, here is my lovely caffeinated can of Tenzing, I want you to match that blue. Yeah. And then off they go. Or I want this historical colour that I saw in a 1979-11. So that, and and that's another, I think another 10 grand over. Yeah. And and uh, McLaren do the same and so do so do Lamborghini. Obviously McLaren do it with the MSO where you can, and Lamborghini as well and Ferrari, you can almost go in and say, there's my gilet. Can I have that, that colour? Exactly. McLaren and Lamborghini would probably just do it for you. Ferrari, if they didn't think it suited the car or suited their their brand, they'd probably try and talk you out of it. Yeah, they'd say, oh, we have a similar colour, sir. <laughs> yeah. which, <laughs> this one's much better, sir, yeah. Um, so to come on to my GT3, yes, I had a painter sample slot. I actually didn't know initially if I was definitely going to take it because... What, the car? No, the, the painter sample oh, element. Yeah. Um, because firstly, I actually love a GT Silver Porsche. Like, I, I've always loved a GT Silver Porsche. Yeah. And there was a big part of me which was like, hey, my first brand new Porsche. Like, I was like, I think I'd be very happy with GT Silver. Saved yourself seven grand as well. Saved myself seven grand. I was like, that'd be pretty great. I also love that gentian blue, which they've done. Nice colour. Yeah, I drove a Turbo yeah. S and gentian. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. So actually some of my very early specs when I put my deposit down. So I, we had to do a spec when I put, placed my deposit, but we didn't have a confirmed um slot in terms of whether it's paint sample or not yeah i did a gentian blue car nice with the black interior and L- silver wheels lovely and I, w- I was like i actually would be super happy with yeah. that i'm not going to complain so that was my very original spec but then i got a call from uh from russell at porsche guildford and said uh, we've got this pts slot if you want it you've got to decide in three days time <laughs> and uh we've got to lock the spec and that gentian really gentian blue that would probably just been a metallic option right 800 yeah. quid or 1500 a quid couple option. of grand i think yeah, yeah. i think it's a couple of grand yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it wasn't cheap but but you know but it was cheaper than paint sample yeah but you know when I got that offer, I thought, heck, this is the first time I've ever ordered a car new. My first ever new car. It's a brand new GT3. It's, my, it's a brand new Porsche to me. Like It's all of these things. And I've got the opportunity to customize it and make it into a really unique car for me. A car that I want, not a resale car, like my GT3. Yeah. And I thought I would probably kick myself if I didn't. Yeah. I could always have taken delivery and then gone off to Logic. I don't think Topaz are doing that repeatable paint anymore, but I could have gone and done something like that, painted it after the fact. Probably would have been a more sensible option. But I said, you know, at the time I was like, this is what I want to do. And you know these manufacturers, they absolutely rub their hands together when you load the paint option because... By the way, ladies and gentlemen, from their point of view, they've got to paint the car anyway. So they're charging you another... So if you have, say, oh, just a black one, well, there's a cost to the manufacturer for painting the black because that's included in the car. But if you're adding a paint, they're not, they haven't just got to paint for the... They haven't got to paint the car black, and, and that's the cost. They're having another seven grand on top for the PTS or, or so, 20 grand if you... Why does it add to the production timeline? I've no idea. I, 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 I conveyor want, belt, isn't it? Yeah, but th- there must be a reason why it, del- it must change something to do with the production line. Yeah, but they probably have to mess around with the machines because don't forget with these productions. We, we talk about this another day, actually, about production and stuff. I know a, a, enough to talk about it. But don't forget, a production line, uh, most of the cost is the machines, mate to get the machines all up and running. Of course. And when they're a conveyor belt, 
and they've got to change that, there's a cost involved, obviously. I think that for a paint to sample car, they have to take it off the line. Maybe. Because I assume, and this is all assumptions, and please someone let us know, there'll be definitely somebody from Porsche Fractor or someone clever enough watching. I would assume that the paint shop or the, the paint department on the production line is got 10 bucket loads of black, silver, gentian blue, speed yellow, whatever, you know. Yeah, well, what they'll do is it'll go, it'll go through a line and what they do is the normal metallics, they'll just punch it into the machine. Yeah, it's on the computer. And uh, that's it. Like, you know, when you go to B&Q and you want to yeah, want paint super mixed easy. up. Yeah. So they'll, they'll just have them there ready, the, the generic colours on the GT3 or the 911 line, bish, bash, bosh. Yeah. But obviously when there's a paint to sample, they're not going to necessarily get four paint to sample historic red cars through at the same time. No. So they're going to have to bring in that individually mixed paint into the system. Or... Or, or or it goes into a booth yeah. and it's painted by a man. Yeah. or it, well, Which so, is probably more likely. I, so I, that's why I think there's a delay. I think if it's a paint-to-sample car, it has to come off the line to be painted so they can keep the line going with the generic cars. Because it costs them too much money. It costs them too well. much money to, you know, stop. Yeah, anyway, so that's what I assume. Anyway, so... Um, but you're right, they're probably still rubbing their hands, even though they're, with that delay. Well, because they've the, got the to paint, paint the car cheap. anyway. Yeah, they, they've got to take it off the line. It's probably the added cost. Yeah. But... Um, Anyway, so yeah, I decided to go with it. Um, and this was, uh, help me, was it June, I think, Tony? I think it was June, wasn't it? Did I have to look the spec in June? You was flapping about something. I, yeah. I mean, it all rolls into one with me. I, mean, uh, yeah, I think it was June that I had to lock it. I f- I'm fairly sure. Let's, <laughs> let, let's just say June. Um, and so <laughs> I had four days to do so. <laughs> and I went into a bit of a spin because obviously I had half thought of it in case I had this phone call. Um, and really where I was at was there were three colours that I wanted to consider. Blue. Blue. <laughs> green. Good. And brown. Look, brown. Now, of course, lots of you know that I love brown. But at that point, brown F-type was a thing. Brown F-type was a thing. And I was like... And not now? Can I have... No, but can I have two brown cars? That's what I'm saying. Like, Oh, you can. I had the brown F-type and I was like, it, is that, I would love to have a fleet of all the same color cars because I'm OCD like that. But I was like, I've just gone through this whole experience with Jaguar and SVO and creating this ultimate car and I've got this brown F-type and I love it. Am I just being a bit generic to just go, I'll go brown on the, on the GT3? And I, and I struggle with that slightly. Um, what's really interesting is there's a guy on Instagram Andy B, who's literally taken delivery of a brown touring in the last month or so, which was so identical to the spec that I was looking at for my own GT3. So you'd have been fuming? Well, I would have been fuming because it would have beaten me to it, but also it's helped me see it and go, I think I made the right choice. I love his car. I'm amazed by his spec, but it would have been too close to the F-Type. So are you telling us live and exclusively on air that your GT3 isn't brown. It is not brown. Right. <laughs> you and Russell are very relieved by that because <laughs> when I was going back and forth and I was obviously sharing these specs with Russell in those four days, being like, well, he did not like the brown. No. <laughs> and he did not hide that fact because I think he thought, oh, if we get this car back at some point and we have to resell it, I am screwed. <laughs> so um, he very politely was like, I think I preferred the other choice. He was the tailor-made woman in Ferrari. <laughs> Literally, he yeah, was the, he was Russell was my tailor-made woman. He was undoing his shirt. Going, of course, yeah. <laughs> I think you'd look better in the other colours. <laughs> yeah. So I he was undoing his shirt because he was getting hot because you said brown. <laughs> Literally, <that. laughs> so yeah, no brown, which is a shame. But but, but I, I'm confident in my choice. Uh, yeah. So then I went back to the blues and the greens, and I was like, okay, I'm fairly confident of this. But I dabbled with yellow for half a second, but I was like, no. So back to the blues and greens. And where I was struggling is, do I go a deep, solid colour or a light metallic? So I did loads of research. And those of you that have followed me for a while know that I love a sort of heritage Porsche. My 911 Carrera T was in, heavily inspired by a car called, well, the Frisco 911, which was, a, an, I think it's an old 70s 911 T, uh, owned by a lovely man in South Africa. Um, my 718 Cayman S, wrapped Irish green, which again was a, a hint towards old school Porsche and their one millionth 911 that they released. So yeah, I like the heritage and that's where I was looking. And for blue, there was one which was yachting blue metallic, which was a very light desaturated blue. 
And then I think an, it's kind of called Etna Blue, I think. And that was a very solid, thick blue. And, and I liked them. And I was kind of going like that. But I just wasn't, I wasn't quite there. I was still going back and forth on which blue. I was like, I really like the idea of blue, but which blue? Then Chris Harris got his car. It was blue. What colour is his one? Blue. I, don't, I think it's deep sea, deep dark blue, deep sea blue, metallic deep. What's he got? Touring. Touring. Got blue touring. And, and I saw blue. it, and it's blue. It's dark blue, dark, solid blue. Right. And I saw it, and I went... Silver wheels or black wheels? Silver wheels, I think. And I was just like, why not to get gentian at that point? Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, I like gentian blue. Gentian with, I, like, I was like, at that point, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, if I'm going to go blue... I think the gent- I think gentian's nice enough. Like, why am I fussing around with yachting blue, metallic, and Etna blue? Like, they're all nice colours, but gentian's pretty mega, and yeah. it's going to save me cut, ca- save me money. Yeah, and uh, I've uh, driven a gentian car. Yeah, <laughs> gentian. What, what, what about that other blue? That Larry blue, the 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 GT threes have got. Oh, uh, the it? Voodoo's or the Miami's or the. No, what's that? The launch colour blue that they had. Yeah, not voodoo. But no, or was that voodoo purple? Oh, what was it called? I, I don't know. Now the GT, the nine nine two GT three. People are going to be shouting and screaming now. Oh, shark blue. Shark. Oh, blue. I hate it. Yeah, despise I'm not keen it. on that. Absolutely yeah. despise it. Not not me. Like no. So that blue was out. Oh, I never considered it. No, I never considered it. <laughs> um, uh, absolute disaster. Uh, so, so yeah. So the the blues. I was like, I was a bit sort of funny off, and so then I was like, right, let's approach the elephant in the room. The greens now. I've only ever had green 911s, even though the Carrera T was silver from factory, but I immediately wrapped it green and then painted it green. And my Carrera S, I'm sorry, my Cayman S was green. And a lot of people in my audience know I love a green car. But, 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 since Drive the World, green has kind of dominated Instagram in a slightly annoying way. Are you saying you're responsible for it? No, no, definitely not. I actually think Luca green over turtle makes, sorry, make green great again is probably responsible for it. But this green became a bit like, it just felt like everyone in the world was going, I want a cool car that gets likes on Instagram. I'll go green. Which like, hey, I, 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 I love a green car. So I was liking all those photos. I was sharing them because I love a green car. But for the 992 <laughs> GT3 specifically, it felt like, Every paint to sample GT3 was green. Yeah. And I was like... You was flapping. Well, I was a bit like, oh, I'm a bit over it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, green schmeen. Like, I've had green cars. Everyone else has got green cars. I've seen every variant, you know. If I wanted to research a green PTS GT3, it took me two seconds because they already, five of them existed. Underberg, yeah. oak green, Irish green, jet green, forest green. Like, every single... They were just everywhere. So I was like... I don't feel that excited by the idea of a green 992 GT3 because I almost feel oversaturated <laughs> by them. Did you did you ever consider a purple? I did. I did consider a purple, but not probably. The, the, or that pink or that ruby uh, yeah. pink. But, but only for like, no, I would never have got... I half considered it. You know that because I said it to you. But there was ultraviolet purple, which I did consider, which was the colour from the GT3 RX, the 991.1. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, that came in GT4 that I fell in love with at Deal and Drive in Luxembourg. I don't think that would have looked good on a 992 GT3. So Adam LZ in America, he had an ultraviolet 992 GT3 manual and it looked amazing. Yeah. And I really did... But And there's another one. My good friend Phil had that. Um, oh, what's it called? Ultra dark violet. Anyway, you know that. You know the purple I like is that that Ferrari Hong Kong purple. Yes. Well, so it's a similar. It's Viola Hong Kong. Yeah. So there's a similar purple to that, which I did seriously look at. But my friend had a 991.2 GT3 touring in that color, and I was like, feels a bit. I same same car. I think that'd look nice that car in that. But you're not that That's, sort. of... Y- yeah. But you're not that sort of man, though. That's the problem. Purple, I love you, Tim, but it was a bit shmee. Do you know what I mean? I, like, I, put like a, I was just a bit like... So, so I, I sort of... I, and then there's, there's an amazing... I'm forgetting all the colours now because it's been so long since I've been looking at the palette, but there's an amazing lilac, light, metallic purple, ultra-viola metallic, I think. It's the, like the Lamborghini SE30 paint. Right, right. And, and, and I really did think that that would be the route I'd go for before I got to the point. So before I knew I was getting PTS, I thought I wanted ultraviolet metallic. And then when I had the option to spec it, and I could go on the configurator, I went, no, 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 no. So I was left in a bit of a, like, a bit of a pickle. I was like, I don't think I really know what I want. So I thought, 
gentian blue. I was like, love these, it. P- these PTS colors snore. Like, yeah. I can't, there's too much choice. I'm not falling in love with any of them. Gentian blue. Not many. I have not seen many gentian blue 992 GT3s full stop. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, so, I haven't seen many. No, no, there's hardly any. So I thought this could be a great thing. So I kind of had half settled on that. And on the final day that I had choice, I decided to go on Google and do a bit of a heritage search and just start flicking through some old school 911s just to see if there were some other heritage colours that I hadn't quite remembered because it's quite hard online going through the palettes and picking the colours and seeing how they look. And they never life. look the same as never well on the, the configurator. So I discovered a colour on an old 930 Turbo called Ice Green Metallic. Right. And this is a super light, desaturated, silvery green. And I was like, oh, I quite like that. And is this your is this your GT Silver compromise? Yes. So right. I was like, this is, a, this is like a GT Silver with a bit of green, but not too in your face. I was like, and I like that it's nine. I, I like the heritage. Like I was like, oh, I like this. And I found some older 911s as well f- with ice cream metallic. So I immediately pop on the PTS list. I'm looking like, no ice cream metallic. So I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> so I send an email. Yeah, that you can have ice cream metallic, but it's the PTS plus. It's an extra 10K. And it's an extra six months waiting time. And I was like, no, I don't like it that much. I'll have gentian, thank you. <laughs> a bunch but, of gentian. Literally. But I sent a message to the legend that is Luke, make green great again. And uh, and had a bit of a chat with him. Uh, by this way, this is Luke Gilbertson from uh, TK Engineering. Uh, and I was like, look, help me out because he's the master of green colours. And stumbled upon racing green metallic. Metallic. Racing green metallic. Right. Previously known as Aston Martin racing green metallic or Aston Martin green metallic. So is that, is it uh is it a dark green or no it is think of the green on a sort of DBR9 or a sort of light vantage green. You know it's it's an it is an Aston Martin color. It's not a rich deep dark British racing green. It's that kind of metallic-y liquid Aston Martin colour. I can only explain it as an Aston Martin colour. If you think green racing Aston Martins, that's the colour. And, and I was like... And you like that colour? I was like, yeah. I was like, that's pretty good. What's, what's, what's the story with that? Did some research. A couple of cars in America had been spec with it. Like a couple. None of them to my identity. There was a touring, had the wrong wheels. There was a wing car, which had a few bits that I didn't want. It's like, I couldn't quite get to grips with it. But I was like, well, that colour looks good. But the problem was it looked different in every single lighting situation, inside and out. Always looked different. So I couldn't get a gist of it. It's a problem, mate. Such a problem. So the very last thing I did before I pulled the trigger, and I had the pressure now, right? You're going, whatever. And I was basically stuck with gentian blue or racing green metallic. And I spoke to another friend of mine who's big into the Porsche world. And I said, this is where I'm at. And as I said, racing green metallic, he went, oh my God, that's how I spec my GT4 RS. I went, no way. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I spec my GT4 RS. And I know a Porsche family member at the board who's also got a touring coming in that color. It's a very important and well-chosen color and very rare color. And there was something, something in what he said at that moment. And I went, Maybe I should stop fighting green. Maybe I should stop being like, social media have ever done it. I've only ever had green Porsches. I love green. And this is a very different green. This is not the green that you've seen on 992 GT3s. It's not the deep, dark, saturated British racing green, oak green metallic, Underberg green. You know, it's not that. It's a very different colour. And so, emailed Russell. And I said, Russell, we're going racing green metallic <laughs> so there you go boys and girls i can confirm that is the color of my 992 gt3 which will be revealed on the main channel this sunday there is still lots of other things to show you a couple of real interesting other elements when it comes to the spec we did not hold back the color was just one element of what i ended up doing with the car um there's also something which having seen the car delivered I slightly regret. Have you seen the car? Yeah. And I think I might need to change something. That's it's quite a bit bad, late now. It? No, it was not. 
Something, oh. It's something that could be changed. Right, I haven't. Yeah, well, let's see. So anyway, it's going to be worthwhile tuning in on Sunday. Um, I hope you're all excited. I'm, I'm actually literally foaming at the mouth now. Can't wait. <laughs> um, obviously, you won't be going to Austria in it straight away, but don't worry. I've immediately planned something else because 900 mile braking, we've got to break the car in. Yeah. So I'm going to do that very quickly. Um, so yeah, very, very exciting. But anyway, that brings an end to today's episode and our live stream over on recast just a reminder we have been yes uh, live on recast during our recording session which happened uh, earlier this week if you want to watch our recording sessions live and find out all this exclusive information before the rest of the world does uh, you can join us on recast usually on monday lunch times uh, if you head over there now you can usually book your place for the next live stream uh, if you want to follow tony he's at tony gravel with car sales on most social media platforms i'm at seen through glass on most social media platforms and yes we'll be back with you for another episode next week Bye-bye. See ya. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 